Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry, And the Arizona Wildcats that Brett took care of business. They beat NAU 38-3 in a game where I think it's the perfect opener for Jed Fish against a team like NAU. Because Arizona was clearly the more talented roster, right? They dominated the lines of scrimmage. Their receivers were running open. Like, they did everything that they were supposed to do physically talent-wise. But they made just enough mistakes for a coach to be like, hey, you got to work on some things. So it was like the perfect game for Jed Fish in the Arizona Wildcats in that regard. I think from a coach's perspective, I can see that. From a narrative perspective, I feel like the game was a Rorschach test where somebody that wants to doubt Arizona can doubt Arizona, and somebody that wants to believe in Arizona can believe in Arizona. But what's there to doubt, though, in that game? Because Arizona, the running game was good. The defense was way better than anybody expected, holding a team to three points out of the end zone. Right? Mm-hmm. They didn't look bad in any facet other than penalties. Right, like Delora made two mistakes, the fumble that was, you know, I thought he made a good play up until the moment he decided to truck stick a defensive player. <laughs> the last interception, that's probably miscommun- miscommunication by him and Tim McMillan. Like, you don't want to see that happen, but whatever. I thought Arizona played a good game, save for the penalties, pretty much. Yeah, it's funny that that truck stick, like Madden has taught us that if you truck stick running the ball, your likelihood of fumbling it goes up. Jaden Delora, pay attention. Well, especially when you're like um, a six foot one quarterback or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you know, I think our our preview last week with our guest was right, where I think NAU is a better team than they were two years ago, and our expectation of Arizona being a much more improved team proved true. Right? Like Kai Milner actually looked pretty good, the former Cal quarterback. Um, but yeah, you saw Arizona's lines taking care of business. Uh, Bill Norton exceeded my expectations. Right. Uh, you know, he looked he he looked like a legitimate contributor. Um, like, it looks like a guy that, you know, saw the field at Georgia on, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> but and there's also some more subtle things that we saw that I think doesn't get noticed by the casual uh, observer as much, uh, especially with Jaden Delore. Yeah, he had those couple of mistakes. But he took a lot of checkdowns that he might not have last year, which if he does that more frequently, that's going to cut down on mistakes. And then guys like Jonah Coleman took those checkdowns and made them into huge chunk plays and showed his you know development from from year one to year two. Right. So I think, you know, all in all, it's it's what you wanted to see. You would have liked to see Arizona, you know, not make some of the self. It was all it wasn't it was unforced errors. Right. It was it was self-inflicted with the penalties, and the which turnovers. is what you want to see against a team like NAU. If there's errors because NAU is forcing you to into them, that's an issue, right? Like if they're getting a pass sure. rush and Dolores throwing interceptions, or the receivers just blanketed, or just whatever it is, that would be concerning. But you say it's the Rorschach test. Like I don't know what Arizona did badly that you'd say. Well, they're not nearly as good as we thought they'd be. Like the penalties, yeah. If they have, you know, if Taylor Upshaw has back-to-back personal fouls roughing the passers every game, that's an issue. Sure. I get that. and But otherwise, you watch this game, Arizona probably should have had two more touchdowns, two or three more touchdowns. I think that I saw they ran like 51 plays or something like that. Like, really efficient, and they got the black punt or the black field goal for a touchdown. That was seven of their points. But like, I just, to me, the only things Arizona that didn't go Arizona's way were things that Arizona messed up, which are yeah. fixable. Like, they don't have to, these weren't penalties that were forced by NAU doing anything other than being on the field. And that was the promising thing to me. If Arizona went out there and struggled in any actual way, I'd be like, oh, that's concerning. You know, and not to say that the defense will have that kind of success against, you know, the rest of the schedule, including this week's matchup with Mississippi State, because no, NAU said Kyle Milner was fine. He was fine, but he was also running for his life a lot. There was a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Arizona's run defense was phenomenal. That I don't expect to translate against better opponents, but the fact that they did it in this game, to me, means, okay, they're at least as good as we thought they'd be. Now we get to see going forward if they're as good as we hope they will be. Yeah, and it, it, and it was kind of a weird game. I think Coach Fish talked about it where there was only like four possessions for Arizona in the first half, right? Um, part of it was some of these like unnecessarily extended NAU drives and the new clock thing. 
And but like you know, you go into halftime, you're up fourteen three, and you go, oh man, you'd like to see them put it away more. It's like they only had four possessions. Yeah, they had one possession in the second quarter, and that's the one that ended with the Jay Delora fumble. And they didn't see the ball. They would got, I think they got the stop, but they had a roughing the punter, and then I think there were two different uh, roughing the passer penalties on that drive that led to the field goal or something like it, or maybe that was an I don't know, whatever it was like. And, and, that, and, yeah, and the only points that you scored was on a forty nine yard field goal, right? To end the half, which uh, is way better than a pick six to end the half. If you're Arizona, way better. You know, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise you and agree with that. <laughs> but that, but that's what I mean. Like, I don't know what. I mean, would sixty to three have been better? Sure. But if you watch this game, Arizona probably should have dropped fifty points on them. Like they left at least two touchdowns, the two turnovers, right? The fumble mm-hmm. and the interception. Those are probably t- maybe they're not the interception. They, I don't know what they were doing. Still going with the starters anyway. That's at least probably two touchdowns. We'll say 10 points conservatively that they left on the board, right? That they're just not there. So Certainly. that's 48 points. Now it's 48 to three. And people are saying, oh, okay. So I, I, I get it. I don't watch. I didn't watch what they did against NAU and say, wow, Arizona's arrived. This is everything I expected them to be. They're going to be great. You know, the defense is what they call like sandstorm, I think is what they kept saying. Like Johnny Anson calls it the sandstorm. You're like, no, I'm not there. But the offense was as dynamic as I thought it would be. Like Delora was, I think, a very good version of himself. These weren't the same type of mistakes we saw last season. He wasn't pressured into them. You know, his team wasn't trailing. He wasn't forcing anything. But he was doing what he needed to do. The running game, they got all the different running backs involved, and they were all effective. And we saw every receiver make plays. We saw, you know, Jacob Cowing catch the first touchdown. We saw T-Mac catch a touchdown and another pass down. Matanelimonius Craig had a really big catch down. I think he got interfered with, too, or a holding penalty against him, and he still came down with the ball. Like, like We didn't see Tanner McLaughlin do anything in the passing game, and Arizona's offense was fine. So, like, I, if you want if you want to tell me that what they did against NAU does not mean anything for their chances this season, I'm not going to argue with you. But I don't know how anyone could have watched that game and said, Welp, this is going to be a long year. That's what I'm getting well, at. Yeah, and th- and that's where I think there's a little like, it's the it's the it's the optimistic fan perspective versus the outsider that wants Arizona to prove it against, you know, a bigger name. Bluntly. Oh right? sure, I think everyone does, but they did what they were supposed to do against NAU, which yeah, they didn't do against, two years ago. You beat you beat you beat the team in front of you, right? Um, this isn't like ASU who won their game by three against like a really low level. I mean, Arizona was in control of this game the entire way. Yeah, and and some of the development you saw out of guy, you know, guys on the defensive side, I think are most more important. Like you give up three points to anybody, I don't care who it is, your defense did well, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, Isaiah Ward was all over the place, looked really good. Bill Norton looked awesome. Martel uh, Irby you know, was fantastic. I was, yeah, replacing I was Traden Stukes, who looked great too until he got hurt. Yeah, you know, the, those guys at that position, you know, looks like a stroke of genius. Right, like they're both they're both playing really well. Trayton Stukes, you know, used to play on the outside as a corner, and it, he's really found a good niche there. And Marshall Irby is just as good, right? Um, and you know, side note, congratulations to him for getting a scholarship mm-hmm. before the well game, deserved, right? Um, a few since Prysock looked good. He body slammed a guy like the defense <laughs> played with energy, almost to the to a fault. Uh, with, like, the roughing penalties, right? Like, like, you just don't need those things. Like, Haimuli was fine. He kept Justin Flo on the bench. Flo, when he was in there, had a couple of, you know, assisted tackles. I, I, I'm i with you. The defense looked like a bigger, faster, stronger defense against an overmatched opponent, but they looked like it. Mm-hmm. They, well, and, and you, you know, the guys that we thought were maybe going to have a ton of tackles, like Manu or Haimuli. Haimuli? I heard I it pronounced. I think Justin Spears pronounced it that way. I'm like, okay, that's probably how it is. Better we're both wrong now. I just assume I'm going to mispronounce it uh, in different ways every time. Um, But even like, you know, some of the linebackers not getting as many tackles was not even necessarily a bad thing. It's because like Martel Irby and Traden Stukes were in the backfield so fast. Mm -hmm. Or Bill Norton himself wasn't just eating up blockers. He was literally wrapping up a guy or assisting on tackles in the back. Ty-Ty had three tackles. You know, Taylor Upshaw was active. I mean, yeah, he had the personal fouls, the roughing the passer, but he was getting in the backfield. Yeah, so, you know, there's... We knew knew what we had with Arizona's offense, and they looked good. And I would actually contend that Jaden Delora, despite the mistakes, you know, like I mentioned with the checkdowns and some smarter... Like, that that throw he uh, made down the sideline to T-Mac, that he just Mm -hmm. dropped perfect, like, that's a hell of a pass, man. Yeah. Um, 
And, like, that was perfectly thrown. You know, he was checking it down a lot more often. Jonah Coleman looked awesome. Michael Wiley looked awesome. Um, you know, it's only a matter of time until Speedy Luke's going to bust loose on something, right? Yeah. Like, he got, you know, a decent amount of yards, I think five and a half yards of carry. But And, and also, Jaden Delora taken off and running on the one play where he stumbled and, you know, looked... Still outran quick. everyone, yeah. You know, like... He's not known as a, a sprinter, right? Um, but at least now you have that in, in your bag, right? And we don't know how much Arizona held back in terms of offensive play calling and defensive play calling because they didn't have to. Like, this was the ideal situation. They didn't have to do much other than show up and not play dumb for 60 minutes, and they were going to win this game, and they won it comfortably. Like, yep. I just, And they got contributions from offense, from defense, from special teams. So, like, it's not an overreaction to say they played well, but it would be an overreaction to say... They played well, and it's a precursor of things to come. I don't think we're, I don't think either of us are saying that, right? Like no, I'm not. We, we just well, we just we just don't know because we don't know. You know, is the Arizona defense improvement like really for real, or is it just that they're not a complete disaster? And but honestly, not a complete disaster probably gets us a bowl game. I would think improvement. so, right? <laughs> you know, I would then, think like, so. And I think everybody knows even less about NAU. Like even our, you know, D- Dave Zorn was saying, like nobody really knows. That's what to expect with these guys. You know, there's a there's a poll there, but you know, a preseason poll, but that doesn't mean anything. Oh, maybe by the end of the season they're a decent team. Yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, it's it's week one, and if you're Arizona, I don't want to say it was a no win situation because, especially being in a revenge game, like you, there was a win, and I think Arizona got that, not just on the scoreboard and in the standings, but I do think the things that we were hoping to see from them, we saw either fully in this game or we saw enough glimpses of to say, okay, maybe it's real, like. We don't know for sure. It's one game against an overmatched opponent, but it was good that Arizona made them look overmatched. Like that's the whole point of that game. So, like that's what happened. Yeah, it's 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 progress. And now you know, gird your loins. We're about to travel to SEC country and get a, a real test, and we're going to know a lot more here in a couple of days, uh, depending on how Saturday goes. Absolutely. So, but let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that game with Stefan Krajewicz, who is a beat reporter who covers Mississippi State. We had him on last year. Great guests, and we're looking forward to talking to him this season. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. We are excited to be joined by Stefan Krajewicz, who covers Mississippi State, Arizona's Week 2 opponent. He covers them for the Clarion Ledger. Stefan, welcome back to Wildcat Radio 2.0. Yeah, it's great to be back, man. Like we were just joking, this Arizona-Mississippi State rivalry is heating up, which means uh, back-to-back years for me uh, on the show. Yeah, no, it's a, a treat for our listeners as much as it is for us, I'm sure. So... I mean, it is kind of a fun, it's, you know, a two-year series, right? You know, they were in Tucson last season. They're in Mississippi State at the start of this season. I'm curious. Like, we know Arizona is a different team, at least defensively. Uh-huh. Mississippi State, obviously the unfortunate stuff that happened with them and that program, it seems like they have a lot of the same players, but how different are they? Can we even know that after just one game? Yeah, there, there's still a lot to be determined. You know, I think the the defense is, is pretty similar, right? Zach Garnett who was defensive coordinator last year as a head coach now. He promoted his linebackers coach to defensive coordinator, and, and the scheme and what they're running there on that side of the ball is pretty similar. It's an offense where we're still kind of trying to figure out what this Mississippi State team is because, you know, week one, yes, they ran it a lot more than they usually ran it with Mike Leach and his air raid, but at the same time, they had a big lead on southeastern Louisiana. They were able to dominate the line of scrimmage. It, it kind of just felt obvious to run the ball a lot against a team like that just because you're an SEC offensive line against an FCS um, defensive front. Um, so we're going to see, you know, this will be kind of the first real test that we can see what, you know, Kevin Barbe's offense kind of is as he tries to implement, you know, what he runs into Mississippi State's, you know, scheme. Now, the thing that, you know, he always talked about in the offseason is regardless of who's the offensive coordinator or who's calling the plays, he wants to be a guy that plays whatever fits best for his, you know, top 11 players on the field at a given point. And logic would suggest that, you know, those 11 guys at Mississippi State's usually trotting out there, played in the air raid, are comfortable in the air raid, are comfortable throwing the ball, playing spread. Um, Mississippi State didn't take a single snap from under center in week one. It was it was shotgun for, for everything that they did, which makes sense considering, you know, Will Rogers the last few years and kind of what he ran. So we're, we're still trying to figure out exactly what they look like on the offensive side of the ball. But when you turn it on on Saturday, it's going to look a lot different than it did last year. Yes, they'll be spread and they'll be out of shotgun, but there's going to be a tight end on the field. There's going to be, you know, guys coming in motion. There's going to be, you know, jet sweeps and and screen passes and Mike Wright coming in at quarterback while Will Rogers is lined up at outside receiver. It's, it's going to look a lot different, um, but at the end of the day, 
depending on what they feel comfortable running against Arizona, it, it could be, you know, what we, you know, what you would typically say and, and Mike Leach's offense is, hey, run a Y cross or something like that, but it's disguised differently. It's it's called, you know, something different um, with Kevin Barbe's offense. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with this being their first real test, what the offense looks like in week two. Yeah, you're, you're kind of going to where I was wanting to ask you because Will Rogers looked awesome and made for the Mike Leach system last year in Tucson. Yeah. You know, got the ball out quickly, accurately, you know, read the defense well, found the open guy, you know, between that and a good offensive line and an atrocious Arizona defense, he was able to pick him apart. How, you know, I, you know, I know statistically he looked pretty good against, you know, southeastern Louisiana. Um, but, like, how did watching the game, how comfortable and being at practice, how comfortable has he looked in the new system? You know, to your point, are they going to tailor it to what the strengths are? It seems like his strengths are that or or my or my uh, in, incorrect in my assumption. Yeah, no, I think they're. I think it's fair. I think there's still, you know, a verdict to be had about what Mike or I'm sorry, what Will Rogers looks like in an offense that's not Mike Leach's air raid. Um, you know, in the game against Southeastern Louisiana, like you said, the numbers were great. Um, he, he didn't really take too many shots down the field. Some of that might be a result of injury that they've had at wide receiver. Some guys, you know, banged up coming into the year. Savion Thomas didn't play in that first game. Other guys like Justin Robinson and Tulu Griffin were kind of banged up and probably not, you know, quite at 100% yet. This is going to be a, a big test to see, okay, now you got all your weapons there. You have a, a you showcase your running ability because regardless of who the week one opponent is, Arizona is going to look at the 300, you know, rushing yards and say, all right, we gotta, you know, we gotta attack to to kind of slow down this run early. Can Mississippi State have success running the ball early to the point where Will Rogers is comfortable taking some shots downfield? Because, like you said, I mean, he he's a guy who's got, you know, on pace to finish first or second in SEC history in, in completion percentage, right? He he's a guy that, you know, for better or for worse, and he's gotten a lot of criticized criticism for this. Is he'll take the safe play if it's there, right? He, he's not a guy that's gonna turn the ball over too much. He's a he's a smart quarterback who understands situations and will take shots when needed but not necessarily too much, you know, against his Arizona defense, if they can get the run run established a bit early, he's going to have to open the field up a little bit. He's going to have to take some shots downfield, not just take them, but, you know, complete them, get a 20, 30 yard completion, you know, early in the game and, and kind of make the defense, you know, on its heels a bit to try to try to bring different things at Arizona, um, knowing that it's going to be a step up in competition. Yeah. It's funny. You say Arizona would look at that 300 yards of rushing offense. You'd be like, Whoa, like, that's nothing for Arizona's defense. They've seen that plenty of times. So like, I don't think that's going to phase them. But, you know, it's interesting because the two unknowns in this game, as far as we're concerned with these teams, are going against each other. Like, we know Arizona's offense, what they did, like, they're the same as last season. And Mississippi State's defense is pretty similar, like you were saying. But it's Arizona's defense versus an offense. Like, the defense has gone, just been made over considerably, especially the front seven, going against an offense that's going to be maybe running a little different system I'm curious, what has Mississippi State been saying about Arizona's defense? Because obviously, they weren't any good last season. They held NAU to three points, but that's also NAU. Is there yeah. kind of like a maybe different level of respect for what Arizona looks like up front? Yeah, there. I mean, from what we've heard from you know Mississippi State's players and coaches, is there's a lot of respect, especially with that with that defensive front um, for Arizona this year compared to last year. You know, Will Rogers said that they have a, a real mobile. A defensive line, a, a defensive line that is going to make him uncomfortable, try to make him move, but also defensive line that can be kind of quick. If if you you know try a, a quick dump off or a screen or something like that, they feel comfortable that some of Arizona Arizona's defensive linemen can kind of you know get off the line and, and help make some plays you know a few yards down down the field as well. So they they have a lot of praise uh, for the defensive line mainly because of some of those transfers that they've been able to bring in. I mean, you guys probably know that better than I do, um, but but they've brought in guys that you know have the size. I mean, Kevin Barbe and, and and I don't know the guys' names off the top of my head, but, you know, the two guys, um, you know, a, a defensive tackle that can come in for, for Arizona. I mean, he knew their height and weight, like, off the top of his head. He didn't have a paper in front of him. He was like, they got 315-pound guy, 320-pound guy that are, that are lined up ready to slow down the run, you know, there up the middle. So they have a lot of praise for the size um, and mobility, uh, the combination of those two, you know, those two factors on the defensive line that could make it tricky. Um, you know, we haven't heard too much about Arizona secondary, and and they probably weren't tested that much. Um, you know, in, in week one, maybe that's a, that's somewhere where Mississippi State, you know, tries to exploit them a bit. But but going up against that defensive line, if they can get some pressure or slow down the running attack with those defensive tackles that they got, it, it's gonna it's gonna make things uncomfortable for Mississippi State. So I I think from Mississippi State's perspective, they feel like this defense is is much improved from the one they saw last season. And like you said, between the changes on their on Arizona's defense. 
and on Mississippi State's offense, you kind of throw out the film from last year, right? You're like, all right, well, we'll try it again and see what happens if we do here. It's like two different teams in those, exactly. like on those sides of the ball. It's not like it's one, like the offense is different on each side. They don't face each other. It is like an offense right. versus a defense that looks completely different, probably from what we saw last season when, you know, when Mississippi State tore up Arizona. Yeah, and, and if I'm not mistaken, Arizona's got uh, one of my Indiana guys, Co. Uh, and I can't pronounce his last name. Neither can I. His potential always shined at Indiana, man, and he he made some big plays in some of those years where they were good. So I'm a I'm always secretly cheering him on. Once well, and the interesting thing is for any of your 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 uh, readers that may want to tune into this, he's not even starting. Right. right. When he's and Arizona's been rotating guys in there, I think they rotated 10 guys on the defensive line, which, you know, there weren't 10 guys, you know, over 250 pounds last year. It's just it's a different it's a different front seven. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Mississippi State, though, on the defensive side, it's correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like almost everybody's back. I think you guys lost a, a, a an NFL draft pick on, on that side of the ball, but is, is it the same kind of personnel? Is it the same kind of scheme? Is there anything new that Arizona should be expecting when they're when the offense is on the field for them? In terms of scheme, I wouldn't expect too much different. I think Zach Garnett's defensive coordinator was maybe a bit more aggressive at times and, and bringing some pressure than maybe Matt Brock is going to be. Um, but like you said, it, it's kind of night and day with the defense just because the defensive front – whether they run a six or show seven man front or whatever it may be, usually a six man front. Excuse me. They um, th- that's where they kind of return everyone, right? That's where everyone is a senior or a fifty year guy or sixty year guy. It's in the secondary where the questions are. Like you said, at corner they lose Emmanuel Forbes, um, you know, in the first round to the Washington Commanders, and then at safety, all three of their starting safeties are gone from last season. They're kind of trying to revamp that. You know, Sean Preston is one of the starters there now, and, and he's been at Mississippi State. This is, I believe this is fifth or sixth year. I think it's a sixth year. So he knows the system as well as anyone, but he hasn't necessarily gotten a lot of reps because he's been, you know, the backup throughout, you know, the last couple of years. And then you got a guy like Marcus Banks who was a corner signed at Alabama that transfers now. He's a safety at Mississippi State. So their safety especially is where they're kind of going through some changes, still experimenting with some guys and rotating guys, um, you know, to see what they've got. But, you, you feel confident enough in that defensive front and what they can do that, you know, by the time you get to the heart of SEC play, hopefully your safeties have kind of caught up by then and, and are comfortable, you know, with their new roles. Is that something talking about the heart of SEC play? Obviously this is a non-conference game. It's against, you know, power five school, uh, Pac-12 school for now. Like what is the thought of facing Arizona again? Because it's an interesting, it's a fun little series, right? You know, Steve State's not the best SEC program, but it's a nice measuring stick for Arizona. How does Mississippi State view playing the Wildcats. I think they, you know, I think they take it very seriously. I I don't think it's just coach speak when they, you know, speak highly of Arizona because I think Mississippi State understands that they're in a spot where their offense is going through change and they were they were rusty, you know, in the first quarter they only scored 3 points fans uneasy. I mean, you guys probably saw that 48-7 final score and there's some Mississippi State fans who are saying it did not feel like 48 to 7, which is if you could win by 41 and, and feel uneasy about it, you'll win by 41. <laughs> Champagne problems. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but um, but I think they take this matchup very seriously because I think they understand that for Mississippi State, too, this is a measuring stick because if you look beyond their schedule, and every team is going to tell you that you know conference play is the most important part of the season, regardless of who you're playing in non-conference, well, after Arizona, they go home against LSU, who, you know, they did what they did against Florida State, but, you know, they're still a, a very quality opponent. Then they're at South Carolina, which is a tough road environment, and then back home against Alabama. That's about as tough of a three-game stretch as you're going to get in September as as anyone in the nation. And I think they know that if they don't clean up a lot of their mistakes against Arizona, that there's not going to be a lot of people who are confident in them going into that three-game stretch. So they know that all the rotations and, and everything they did in week one and, and all the freshmen and things like that that got snaps – against an FCS team, you got to kind of start figuring out your rotation, maybe trimming it down a bit in this game against Arizona, seeing which guys are legit for you because week three is, is when it really starts to get going for them. Do you, do you think that there's any risk, you know, looking ahead at that schedule that there'll be a little bit of, you know, looking ahead on the calendar for the, from the Mississippi state side? I think yes and no. I think for some of the younger guys, maybe, but it's kind of hard to imagine that, you know, a guy like Nathaniel Watson or Jet Johnson, you know, their six-year linebackers would view it like that, right? Like they're at the point of their careers where they understand you, mm-hmm. you can't 
you know, overlook a team. And, and honestly, maybe they did some of that in week one against, you know, Southeast Louisiana and struggled early. So I guess if you're the coaching staff, you say, hey, if you want to overlook Arizona, go ahead. But here's what happened when you overlooked Southeastern Louisiana, right? It was 3 nothing at the end of the first quarter. So um, it, it feels like that shouldn't happen um, with how veteran this team is. Um, so I, I could – it would make sense, right, to see that schedule and think that way, but it's just hard to imagine with the veteran team that that, that would happen. Yeah, it's fun. Assuming that each team plays its best, and we don't really know what that is, I guess, this right. season, but if each team plays its best, then there's a lot of talent on both sides of the field. So, like, it's not going to be a it'd be a very good game, very competitive game. We know Will Rogers. Who are the other guys to be looking for, at least offensively, for Mississippi State as guys who could stand out if they're going to, you know, the guys who make the biggest impact that Arizona fans should be wary of? Yeah, Jaquavis Marks is, is State's running back, and, you know, he's gonna he's the guy that's going to be kind of the workhorse for them. You know, he had 19 carries in, in week one and over, you know, I think it was close to 130 yards. Um, and also he's five catches away from being the leading receiver in Mississippi State history, which shows you how effective he was being a receiver in the air raid, being a running back that can, you know, catch a lot of balls. I shouldn't call him a receiver, but being a running back who can catch passes in the air raid, now he's kind of coming into this game, and, and he's doing a bit of both. He's a guy that – is a big focal point of what Mississippi State does offensively. You know, Tulu Griffin has been an All-American in the kick return game. We've still kind of been waiting to see if if he can kind of get to that potential, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. At outside receiver, it never felt like it was a good fit for him in the air raid. Now he kind of moves to the slot, and he's that player that's going to be in motion a ton and and getting jet sweeps and, and things like that. He, he's a guy to watch for, and, and, on, and kind of right behind him on the depth chart is – uh, Creed Whitmore, a, a true freshman out of Florida who, um, you know, had a huge rushing touchdown as a wide receiver, you know, coming in and one of those just sweeps. also had a big catch out of the backfield after or um, down the field, I should say, coming in motion and going downfield and getting wide open. I think it was a 30-yard catch or something like that for a touchdown. So um, Jaquavis Marks, Creed Whitmore, Ludia Trick, Tulu, everyone calls him Tulu Griffin, are the three guys to watch. And then Mike Wright, who's the quarterback behind Will Rogers, they bring him in for special packages. He had 95 rushing yards on five carries against Southeastern Louisiana, but he was starting quarterback at at Vanderbilt the last few years. He's a guy that can also throw it. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him, because I think to some extent they were being conservative. They wanted to get him on the field, but you're not going to pull out your full playbook on special packages when you're up 48 to seven against a team like Southeastern Louisiana. Do they throw in some new wrinkles? Maybe have him throw it, you know, maybe a double reverse, something like that um, against Arizona. He's a fun guy to watch. Saving all the trick plays for the powerhouse of the Arizona Wildcats. I hear you. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying, man. Bring it all out. Night game. It's it's not really packed full after dark because that was what last year was. But there's you know maybe we'll see a little bit of that. <laughs> in it, kind of the inverse of that, you know, maybe you already touched on this with like there's new safeties. Is there position groups where you feel like? you know, Mississippi State maybe has some question marks or, or might have some weaknesses that Arizona may try to attack. Yeah, I don't know how much, uh, I don't know if I'd say it's a weakness because I think it's more of a thing of depth than weakness. But at left tackle, you know, Contravious Dollar Bill Johnson started for them and a few drives in, he was substituted for Percy Lewis at left tackle. So maybe that's a position where they're still unsure who the number one guy is going to be. And, and as we've talked about with that Arizona defensive line, if they can take advantage you know, uh, coming off that left tackle and going after Will Rogers' blind side, that could always, you know, make a difference in a game. So that's one spot to watch. And um, and like you said, to not say safeties again, I'll say cornerbacks, just because with Emmanuel Forbes leaving, you know, you had Cameron Richardson slot from the number two corner to the number one corner, and a size first now step in to be that number two corner. This will be kind of a big test for him as well, you know, early in the season going up against, you know, some good wide receivers there for Arizona, some fast wide receivers. Um, from Arizona, what is he going to look like now being a starter, being in a bigger role, playing against a, a power five opponent like Arizona? So I, I would say corner, the number two corner spot, and the left tackles is where you know Arizona could maybe expose some things. What an intriguing matchup this actually turned out to be. I don't know how often it is where you could play a team back-to-back seasons, and there's so many questions about each one going into the second matchup. Right? You'd think that last year's 39-17 game would be kind of like a good blueprint, but from everything we're talking about, it's like, nope. Like you almost have to throw that out in a lot of very important ways because these teams are so different in ways that matter. Like I, it seems like it should be a fun one though. Remind me, maybe you guys remember the the spread last year for State going to Arizona was bigger than nine and a half, I think, because I think that's the last what I've seen it for this matchup. Like I think Arizona, it's going down too this week. Yeah, yeah. 
Arizona's this year coming to Starkville after losing. What was the final? You said 39-17. 39-17, yeah. So they, they won by 22, and now they come back home, and the spread is, you know, nine and a half, and, and on its way down. I mean, it's 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 very interesting because I don't think people, myself included, really know yet what this Mississippi State offense is going to look like. Don't really know what this Arizona defense is going to look like. I mean, it's like like you said, it's intriguing, and and it's it is really interesting to see, you know, the line be what it's at. I mean, you if you looked at it when Mississippi State left Arizona last year, and, and you said, all right, State's going to have all these guys back, and and even if we told you there was going to be a coaching change, would you think the line would be you know thirteen points less than what the final score was in yeah. Tucson? Seems like it's a credit to what Arizona's changing. Maybe it's not so much yeah. an indictment about Mississippi State's changes, but they're more like they're saying, okay, Arizona is better defensively, which was really what held them back last season. I only scored 17 points against Mississippi State. Delora had a bad game in that one. But that's what it seems like to me, because it doesn't seem like Mississippi State really took a step back or anything. Well, the sports books know it's the Pac-12's year, right? 13-0 and 0 so far? They know. <laughs> they know. And it, Zach Renette actually mentioned that today at the coaches' teleconference. He was like, do you think Arizona wants to be the team that adds, you know, the perfect streak? Like, you know, they're going to come into Starkville looking to keep it going. So I think people uh, people are aware of the, the early success here for the Pac-12. I, I don't think anyone's trying to really carry the banner for the Pac-12 anymore. <laughs> I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, that is true. A little bit of irony there being, you know, Arizona and UCLA and Oregon. They're going to really, you know, wave the flag and go out there and play for the Pac-12 one final time. <laughs> It's Washington State and Oregon State with the Pac-2 sign. Yeah. You know, I hope, I, I don't know if you guys saw this, I don't know how, you know, if this will actually come to fruition, but the idea of next year, Oregon State and Washington State staying in the Pac-2 or whatever you want to the call two-pack. it. The two-pack. And basically, yes, yes, good. Yeah. And having a chance to make, you know, a playoff on an automatic bid, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't I don't hate it, you know, it's like college I mean, football. Like, Oregon State it? may deserve it anyway. <laughs> That's true. They should just do it out of spite, man. <laughs> I would love to see it, man. I'm, I, you know, I love, I love the chaos. I was excited last year about covering Pac-12 after dark, so I, uh, I embrace all the chaos that comes with it. Well, now there'll be Big 12 after dark because, I mean, yeah. all the Arizona fans are like, "Oh, this is gonna be great. No more late gate kickoffs." And I'm like, "No, they're still gonna have late kickoffs. Like yeah. the Big 12 wants I, uh, the West Coast. Like they want those TV windows. You're gonna have eight o'clock kickoffs again." Exactly. Well, as a as a Big Ten guy, you know, growing up and and being you know going to Indiana, I. When Ohio State goes to play at USC, I don't want to hear about it being a 7 p.m. Eastern primetime game. No, no, no. When Ohio State goes to USC, put it on at 10 p.m. You know, Eastern time, 10 p.m. Central time, whatever it is. Like USC needs to embrace that. Hey, we're going to be the West Coast team, and it doesn't matter how primetime of a matchup it is. You got to come in, and if if Ohio State can win in Pac-12 after dark at, at USC, then they're legit. That'll prove it. Hey, with the with the way the super conferences are now going coast to coast, it's after dark somewhere, no matter what the start time is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that was actually a talking point, you know, for this game with Mississippi State having to play that late kickoff in Arizona last year. Um, what was it, 9, nine o'clock um, in Starkville or 10 o'clock in Starkville? They should have set this up to have Arizona come play 11 a.m. Central time in Starkville to, to really be like, all right, let's, let's flip it and let's make the Arizona fans wake up at 9 a.m. and and get those mimosas rolling early. I think that happened against Houston a few years ago for Arizona. And it, did it didn't go well. well. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was a rough one, I remember, too. Oh, boy. Well, Stefan, before we let you go here, we always like to ask our guests to give just their thoughts. I don't Maybe a score prediction or something. How do you see this game playing out? Because, you know, last year, 39-17, the line for this year has been shrinking with two teams that are probably both pretty good in what should be a pretty fun game. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think State will cover whatever it is. I think it'll be like 31-20. I think it's going to be a close game uh, up until, you know, late in the fourth. I think State will be up like a, a field goal or something and, and score a touchdown maybe kind of put it away uh, at the end. Um, but I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, we, we didn't even touch on Jaden Delora. I mean, I, I love Jaden Delora and, and everything he's done. And, um, you know, obviously any guy that was signed, you know, but Mike Leach to, to be his quarterback is is a guy who is probably pretty talented at quarterback. So uh, I'm excited to watch this game. I think Arizona has a real shot to come into Starkville and get a win. I I don't see it happening just be, between the home field advantage and, and it being a night game and Starkville and things like that. I, I just think it's, it's a chance for Mississippi State to kind of prove something early in the year before they get into SEC play. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't you know, surprise me at all if I was wrong and and I think it goes back to what you said. It's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be probably a weird game where, you know, some crazy things happen. And, and I think it's going to be a 
one of those it, it's in that same time slot as as Alabama Texas so it's probably a, an overlooked game but don't be surprised if you know let's say that Alabama Texas game gets out of hand people flip the channel and they're like oh what's going on in Starkville you know so yeah top 25 ranking might be on the line in this one there you go there you go <laughs> might be <laughs> that's how many, Pac-12, how many Pac-12 teams can get in the top 25 by the end of the week too it's gonna be amazing when they're all like when they're all ranked pretty much in the last year <laughs> love it like it's gonna if, be the more just... the more ranked you know, Pac-12 teams you can get, the crazier Pac-12 after dark is going to get as the season goes on. Somewhere, somewhere Larry Scott is on a yacht going to say, like, I told you so. You just, <laughs> I, was just, I wasn't wrong. I was just early. <laughs> oh, God, Larry Scott. This, this, this interview took a turn. Like, I thought we were doing good. Well, Stefan Krajicek, of course, covers Mississippi State for the Clarion Ledger. You can follow him on Twitter at S-K-R-A-J-I-S-N-I-K-3. It just seems easier to then you know that's what i do too (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate the time as always of course you know anytime arizona plays in mississippi state i have a hard time saying mississippi state you know coronavirus m-i-s-s-i-s-s-i-p whatever anytime they play them we'll have you on to talk about it because it's fun talking to you we appreciate your insight so yeah thanks for joining us on wildcat radio 2.0 yeah thanks for having me on again guys all right that's stefan krajishnik and we come back we'll give you our final thoughts on arizona mississippi state We're back. Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thanks again to Stefan Krajishnik from the Clarion Ledger talking about Mississippi State because, Brett, I I feel like there was a time we could have said, yeah, we saw them last season. We know what they're all about. We kind of scout them. It's not the case. Like, it is a different Mississippi State team than what we saw last season in Tucson. Yeah, it's, it's funny because both teams have a lot of returning guys, but also they just have an entire side of the field where you're like, eh, I... I think i maybe know or have an idea yeah and like yeah and they're those are the two position groups going against each other you know if it was you know if there if arizona's complete offense had graduated i think we'd have more concerns there going against their you know talented returning defense but man you know i think arizona fans were wish casting last year going into this matchup and hoping that they could catch some magic at home and this year it's like i mean look at the spread if you adjust for like being at home like we were talking about it's like it's not that you know Vegas doesn't view us as that much different in overall talent level. It's just, it's it, it's it's but I also just don't know if anybody really knows. Well, and last year Arizona was coming off that win against San Diego State on the road. It was like whoa, like how how good is Arizona? Right, like they went on the road True. and beat San Diego State this season. There were already higher expectations going in, and they like we talked about in the first segment. They took care of business against a a lesser NAU squad. But yeah, I I'm really excited for this game. I don't. I know we talked about before in our previews how it's kind of like a, you know, I don't, it's a measuring stick game for sure. I don't know if it's an inflection point in week two, but it certainly gives you an idea of where Arizona is. And I don't know where Mississippi State would finish in this year's Pac-12. Like, nobody would say, oh, that's a team that would finish in the top third of the Pac-12. However, they compete against them. You know, that says a lot. Pac-12 is different this year. Pac-12 may be mostly better than Mississippi State. We don't know. But in terms of just the size that an SEC opponent, a good SEC opponent will have, you know, the things that Arizona struggled in, athleticism, speed, size like just those things that you can't coach we'll see if they get how much the gap is close like that you can tell on the field if arizona's losing because they're just not making plays that's only if they're losing because they can't make the plays that's a whole separate issue so if they go out there and compete you know and aren't overmatched physically aren't just getting run by and around and through then one they'll have a better chance of winning the game but two it'll speak well of what arizona has done what they have put together for this season yeah, and I, it's I, that's going to be an. Inch, I, it'd be fun if we were there, so you could see, like, when you go out on the field, like we were at the we were at the game. It's like, oh, <laughs> we're still we're still too small. Yeah, right. And we were bigger last year than we were the year before, and the year before that, et cetera. Um, and it, but even like some of those guys that we saw, I think I think you even commented during the warmups, like a guy that's now featured prominently on the defense that's not on the line. Ephesians Prysock is a guy that is a big guy. That's like a 6'4 cornerback. Yeah, and like and moves well. Like, how much can that disrupt, you know, Will Rogers' passing game and break up some passes and be harder to beat over the or top? Or can there right? be a pass rush that wasn't existing, you know, that didn't exist last season? Is there going to be an ability to stop the running game, which wasn't really a thing last season? You know, because we saw, like, like Stefan mentioned, like, Mississippi State ran for 300 yards in their first game. Opponent adjusted, of course, but if Arizona's run defense can be respectable, which wasn't the case most of last season, but if it can be, and it forces a team that, yeah, they're used to, they threw the ball a lot with the air raid, 
they probably would still rather run the ball a little bit more. So if Arizona can make them a passing team, and then you have your pass rushers, you know, some of the guys who can get in the backfield, like your Taylor Upshaws maybe. Who knows where this game goes? Like the corners didn't do much against NAU because not much was really thrown their way. But you know, it's just it comes down to the line play, right? Like, what can Arizona's defense do up front? Can they take something away from Mississippi State? Because I think Arizona's offense will be fine. I do. I think given that they have an idea of what they're facing in this game, I think Arizona's a better offense now than they were in week two of last season in terms of what they have and what they Mm -hmm. need to accomplish. I think they'll be able to score some points. The question is, can the defense slow them down? Can they take away anything? Because they couldn't do it last season. So if they can take away the running game, that's something. Right? If they can take away the easy passes, that's something. What can Arizona's defense accomplish against a good football team? Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see early on in the game if uh, how how each team kind of approaches this. Right? Like, are they going to do the? Is Arizona going to do a lot more of the dollar package, expecting a bunch of you know spread offense stuff, um, or are they going to you know try to? sell out to stop the run early kind of thing, right? Well, do they have to and, pick one or the other? Does Arizona have the type of players who can kind of do a little bit of well, both now? Well, and that's, or I'm curious, part of that, a guy who I think is in both of those game plans more prominently than in week one is Justin Flo, right? Um, like everything I've heard from uh, like Justin Spears on on, on their podcast uh, with, with Lev, you know, is like he's the guy that was always out there on that because it's, you know, you say, or, you know, you say he's a. Uh, it it simplifies the game for him, right? Um, and you've got a bunch of safeties and corners out there, and then you can re- and react accordingly. But really quick uh, on Flo not playing that much against any of you, I think that says really like, I don't know what it says because like, we don't know if he's just not ready or if it's the system like they were. We don't know what it was, but to me, it was a good sign for Arizona because any other season, someone like Justin Flo, even if he doesn't know the defense that well or he's going to make those mistakes, he's on the field because they have no other options. Oh sure. Or they need just him out there to beat the team they're playing. They didn't need him to beat the team they are playing, and they possibly had better options, guys who were more ready to play, guys who could fit in this system better. So to me, like I want to see Justin Flo make an impact for this team because obviously his talent is undeniable, but that Arizona did not need him to play week one, I think is a good thing. I think that's a good sign. Well, I mean, look at a guy like Ammon, Ammon Allen, who's a redshirt sophomore, was almost going to... You considered a starter as a redshirt freshman walk-on last year. He's he's not he's he's like six on the depth chart at best yeah. in the at the middle linebacker spot, right? But the other the other thing that intrigues me of like if you see more flow uh, deployed, uh, you know, strategically, I think the the path to victory for this for for this game for Arizona in my mind is you know the basic things like that where you got to try to stop the run you got to try to establish the run all the the old man football things that are are just true i think you need to you know have have jdl do good jdl not bad jdl on <laughs> on on smart decisions and then take measured shots downfield and hope to exploit you know a sophomore tmac is better than a freshman tmac right um but like the the way that you're going to pull a road win you get you got to you got to force a turnover or two you got to win the mm-hmm. turnover battle in this game uh, and that means you know that means JDL needs to not create turnovers or you know running backs or receivers losing the ball on fumbles and that means the defense has to try to create pressure and create opportunities and exploit it and you know some of that's just luck but like you you make your own luck sometimes with the aggression and aggression thy name is uh Justin Heem flow in my mind. So I would probably be looking to see him on the field a little bit more just to try to have that puncher's chance. But I'm curious to see if the coaching staff feels similarly. So, and with that aggression, they need to make sure you can't have the penalties, right? Because some of the yeah. things that they did having as NAU is like Taylor Upshaw. I like Taylor Upshaw. He was making plays, but you can't have those roughing the passer penalties. You can't have a mm-hmm. roughing the kicker penalty when you got to stop. You know, you just can't do those things and expect to win on the road, at least not against a team that's at best for you as talented as you are, if not more talented, right? Like Arizona, the question is how much better are they than last season? I think they're significantly better, especially defensively, but how do they match up against a team like Mississippi State talent-wise? And it is week two, and Mississippi State has some changes, more in, less in personnel and more in just game style or like, you know, play calling and, you know, system. But just the talent as a whole, how much has Arizona gotten better? How how thin or how much smaller is the gap now compared to what it was last season? Because, I mean, no team's going to play a perfect game. You're going to make mistakes. But Arizona needs to probably play about as clean a game as they can on their side, like offensively, to win. 
And converse, like you're saying, forcing a turnover two or, you know, getting a couple three and outs deep in Mississippi State territory, you know, getting short fields for their offense and then taking advantage of that offensively. Like, that's how you win this game. That's how you go on the road. And it's, it would be an upset because I would say it's like right now it's like nine the spread or so. Who knows where it'll be come kickoff. But there have been bigger spreads. There will be probably bigger spreads this season. So Mississippi State is not looked at as the best team Arizona is going to play, but they're plenty good enough to beat Arizona unless Arizona plays a good football game. Yeah, I think if both teams play their, you know, not like out of their mind good, just a, their their best all-around game that's not like magical type game of, you know, breaks all going their way, you know, call it like a B-plus game, Mississippi State's going to win. I would think so. Every time, right? Yeah. But I think... A way of thinking about it in my mind is if Arizona plays their B B plus game, that doesn't have to have crazy like they're good enough to not have have to depend on crazy luck, right? Like if if Mississippi State is looking ahead on the calendar, is a little sloppy early, and Arizona takes advantage of it, gets you know gets a lead, and then t- makes smart decisions and t- takes smart gambles the rest of the way. Uh, you know, looking at you, Jaden Delora. Um, <laughs> You know, there's there is a path. There's more of a path to victory here than I think the casual observer realizes. Um, you know, if 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 Mississippi State comes out and puts it plays a you know a C game for them, Arizona can certainly win that game, and it doesn't have to be like their A plus plus game. No, it doesn't right? have to like, come I down to like that's... a miracle, like a hail mary or something crazy at the end. Like they're good enough to win this game. Yeah, if if Mississippi State doesn't show up, Arizona can exploit it, but also Arizona can beat itself, right? And if they don't, if they play their C game, it's going to be real tough for them to to win. Yeah, I agree with that. So, with that in mind, Brett, like, what do you what do you what do you see happening in this one? Because I I am excited for this game just because it's a measuring stick, and like we said, it's probably not the best team Arizona's going to play this season. The Pac-12 is pretty loaded, it appears, but it's a good team, and just personnel wise. They are a good barometer for just how far Arizona has come under Jed Fish. Like, what do you, what do you see happening? Uh, are you talking to my head or my heart, Adam? I'm talking to Brett Barry. Uh, who's that guy? He doesn't know anything. Um, Fair. Man, part, part of, like, my head tells me it's going to be a competitive game and Arizona's going to be closer than most people expect for most of the game, maybe even lead for a good portion of it. But I, you know, the longer the game goes on, the more likely I think Mississippi state, that's just generally, you know, they're an sec team and they're a decent sec team for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they play in Mississippi. In the S- yeah, yeah. Cause they play in the sec. Yeah. Um, Although I guess that doesn't, that's me. Geography doesn't really matter in conferences anymore. So, what is West and East anymore, Adam? <laughs> the ACC. I, in, like, you know, if I, if, if I, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the Stanford of the ACC is now Stanford. <laughs> um, well, and like, not to extra overanalyze this and try to build a backfill an argument for why I think Arizona can win, like the running clock situation in college football changes the game a little bit. And Arizona got to taste that uh, when NAU had extended drives. If Arizona's offense, you know, dinks and dunks their way down the field, you're, you're putting your defense in a better position in terms of not being on the field as much and, and being able to like, you know, if you can build a lead, there's it's, it's all that complimentary football thing. So I think I, I'm, I'm beating around the bush and I'm just not quite able to say that they can pull the upset. I think they're going to lose by like four, call it like a, 3127 I can't believe I really, you. I really want to call the win but I just I can't quite get there. I can't believe you cuz when it's, you know, I try to match up what I'm going to do for AZ Desert Swarm and I have Mississippi yeah, State 3127. <laughs> like, well, who who would have ever thought you and I on this podcast might have a, agree on a football. But game. no, I, I and I do agree with your take on this one. I think Mississippi State is probably the more talented team, but the gap isn't so wide that Arizona can't compete in this game, nor can't win if they play a good game or Mississippi State plays a bad game. It's going to come down to, like, when does it just close throughout, right? Can Arizona hang with them through three quarters, get into the fourth quarter within a position, maybe even having the lead? Can they have to a fa- I mean, they got to a fast start last year's game, and it ended up finishing too well. But can Arizona go on the road in a hostile environment, in an SEC environment, and not be phased by that. Can Jaden Delora keep his just emotions in check? Can he just play a calm, clean football game and be the good Jaden Delora? If so, like he's the type of quarterback that gives you a chance to win pretty much any game. If he's on, if he's playing well, you have a chance in pretty much every game you're going to play. 
So if that's the case, then yeah, maybe Arizona's defense, maybe a Price sock, or maybe Isaiah Taylor who's out there, or you know someone makes a play, gets a turnover or two, which is the difference. More than likely, I see the turnover going the other way. I see it being like a Delora interception or something going wrong for Arizona. That is the difference, but I think it is a close game. Like I said, thirty-one twenty-seven is my number, and I mean it's come to say I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona won. Like they're good enough to win this game, but they have to play really well against a team that if they also play well. Is still better than Arizona. So I think it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be an entertaining game. And I think Arizona's going to acquit themselves well in this one. I think we're going to be watching that game. And after saying, you know what? Oh, it's a bummer Arizona didn't win that game. They had a chance. But, hey, they had a chance. And it's not a moral victory. But I think it's going to bode well for, well, one, UTEP the following week. But just for the rest of the season, that Arizona is a better football team than they were last season in the ways that they needed to be better. I mean, hopefully it bodes well for Arizona against UTEP, not bodes well for UTEP. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know. Well, and watch watch the entire Pac-12 now lose this weekend, <laughs> and Arizona looks best in their loss. Um, now it's, I mean, said another way, it's like, like to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona pulled this pulled this upset because, like, I think it's like a 35 percent likelihood, which is actually a pretty good chance on the road. Yeah. Right. Um. And when you're, you know. You know, our heart's been broken before, and so we're Arizona fans, so we, we're, we're torn between the, I see the path to victory, but then, I, you know, our heart once burned kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So it should be a fun game, though. Like, hopefully it's a competitive game, a fun game, and obviously, you know, if Arizona wins, that's great. Like, we, we would very much like that. And so we'll, we'll find out. Hot take. Yeah. Hot take, Adam. <laughs> we like Arizona. it when Arizona wins. On if Wildcat Arizona Radio wins, 2.0. <laughs> if Arizona wins, I'm going to be drunk uh, tweeting at Stefan from the Arizona Wildcat Radio, the Wildcat Radio 2.0 handle. <laughs> Which is at Wildcat Radio AZ, for those of you who are listening and you want to follow us on the on the X, as it is known now. Of course, that game is at 4.30 p.m. Arizona time. It's on the SEC network, so that's something. But, yeah, like as we wrap up here, I don't think there's really anything else we need to get into. There's, you know, Sam Thomas announced her retirement from women's basketball, but, you know, great Wildcat. Nothing but respect for her. She had a great career, so looking forward to seeing what's next for her in her future. But, yeah, I think mostly football here. That's that's what's going on. Big game, Arizona-Mississippi State, 4.30 p.m. in Starkville on the SEC Network. So we'll see what happens. Brett, as we're up here, let's thank Stefan Krajishnik again from the Clarion Ledger for sharing his insight. One of our favorite guests it was great talking with him. Of course, as we alluded to, you can find us on the Twitter machine or the X machine, whichever you still want to call it at Wildcat Radio AZ is the handle. Um, of course, you've, if you're listening to us, you probably found us either on iTunes or Spotify or on X. But if you're on iTunes and Spotify, make sure you subscribe to us. And if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. We will read that review on the air. But yeah, I think that about does it for this week's show. <sighs> Arizona, Mississippi State. Football season, man. Love it. Oh, man, this is this is going to be one of those inflection point games. For no, the goes. I don't is. think it is. I don't think it's an inflection I point. Is. I think it's just a big, well, it's a fun game, but I don't think it's going to, you know. I mean, if Arizona I just think, gets housed, that's, I guess, a different story. But you know. I think it, it matters a lot to what this team's ceiling is, at, in my opinion. Like, if you're trying to get to a bowl game, this goes a long way. Well, yeah. Yeah. One-sixth of the way, to be precise. I mean, if, if they win this game, they'll have a much better chance of making a bowl game. That is true. That is true. Yes. Analysis. Can confirm. So, <laughs> everyone, and before we give even more great analysis like that, we need to save some for next week's show. <laughs> we'll, we'll log off here. But thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down. <laughs>